Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Johnny's Prime with me, Samuel Kojo Brace. In our bulletin tonight, flood victims of Mefe in the North Tongue district of Water Region cry neglect as menstruating ladies claim to have gone days without bathing. How they bath change themselves? Nothing. They can't do anything. So maybe they'll be in one part. As I'm talking to you now, me myself, I'm, I'm also a victim. Details as the National Disaster Management Organization, NAPMO, and Emergency Management Committee maintain they are on top of the issue. Uh, also coming up, calls for probing to the questionable COVID-19 airport testing contract. As fresh information reveals, Ghana got less than $7 million of the nearly $19 million realized from the test. We'll interrogate the decision to select a private company for the contract when other state agencies, such as Noguchi, have the capacity to do so. Uh, experts say the use of mercury by illegal miners to trap gold exposes people, especially pregnant women, in mining communities to life-threatening concentrations. We have more in our latest online documentary titled Poisoned for Gold. And at 8 p.m., I hand over to the beautiful Emma Davis to bring you Prime Business. Government makes significant progress in its external debt restructuring. We'll bring you more from the World Bank IMF annual spring meeting. Later on, Razak Muzba will be joining us with Prime Sports. Well, it will be a good test and an opportunity to get to know the players better. That's head coach of the Black Stars preceding as the national team takes on Mexico in an international friendly at midnight. I will find out or more about the players which is um, the, the reason why we took on this caliber of game and it will be a big test for us we are home of independent fearless and credible journalism please stay with us for details <laughs> News Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Sacrifices. Yes, sir. Now, there's more anger after the Ghana Airport Company released details of the airport COVID-19 testing nearly a year after Joy News put in an RTI request. The company refused to release the details for many months and only did so after the RTI Commission slapped a 200,000 city fine on them. 
The details explain why Ghana made around 8% of the total earnings, with 92% going to frontiers. Let's share with you some of the details we've picked from this particular report there. Um, now, if you check the details in this particular report that they released to Joy News, it indicates that, uh, uh, you know, Frontiers got $84 million from arrival testing and an additional $29 million, uh, so that's $3.5 million from departure testing. In stark contrast, Ghana received a sum of under $6 million from arrival testing and 1.5 million, that's 180, uh, 1.5 million cities, equivalent to $180,000 from departure testing during the same period. This disproportionate revenue distribution shows that Frontiers claimed over 90% of the earnings, retaining um, 92% of uh, income from arrival uh, testing and a significant 94% from departure testing. Now, head of research desk at Joinies, Raymond Aqua, joins me in studio with more on this. Now, he put in this particular request, which has given us this detail. Raymond, so you put in that request. We've shared this bit of the, what the, the, the report mm -hmm. says. What more do we have in the report? So one of the first questions we asked mm -hmm. was that we wanted to know the arrangements they had with them, be it a contract, an agreement, and whichever leases are attached to this. Mm -hmm. They agreed. They actually said they have supplied to us and some of the documents. The first one is an agreement between Ghana Ports uh, Company Limited mm -hmm. and Frontiers Healthcare for the provision of COVID-19 testing at the Upper Arrival Terminal 3. Mm -hmm. This is September 2020. Okay. Now there's another one, an addendum to the agreement between the Ghana Airports Company and Frontiers Healthcare Services. So this is Ghana Ports Company Limited, and this is Ghana Airport Company, the, the, the difference, and Frontiers Healthcare Services for the provision of COVID-19 testing. This Are is, there two entities here? Yes, separate ones, but they work together. The airports company and also the ports uh, is what we are dealing with here. Now, let's look at this properly here. June 2021 is 1st, September 2020. Second mm -hmm. one is June, June 2021. The very last one is the license between the airport company and also Frontiers Healthcare Services, which is on February 2021. So okay. there was an initial agreement in September 2021. Uh -huh. February, there was a license between the two used as COVID drive-through for PCR and antibody center at KIA Car Park 4. And the last one is the addendum mm. to the agreement that was given there. Mm. These three were supplied. Then we came to the next question that we asked about which processes they used. We wanted a chronology of the processes that led to the selection and award of the contracts mm. that we're talking about here. They then responded by referencing us to some commit, com, committee com, content that was provided by the minister who is in charge of transport mm. during his vetting, Kweku Ofori Esiama, on the February 23 and 2021. This is a Tuesday we are talking about. They first said... Mm. He went to the committee and told them that the FDA had given confirmation mm -hmm. of the equipment used by Frontiers. Okay. But before that, they said, and, and this is what they stress, that what was done at the KIE, the role of the Ghana Airport Company was only to rent space to Frontiers Healthcare Services. Okay. Now, what did that entail? They moved on to say that in July and August 2020, the president announced government's inclination to reopen the borders of the nation to commercial air traffic, subject to the availability of an effective system for COVID testing. Mm. Then following this, Frontiers now came to government. Mm. You see where the difference yeah. is? Mm. 
-hmm. Volunteers now express their preparedness to provide such service to the public mm -hmm. while indicating that its equipment have been tested by the FDA and then the Ghana Airport Company moved beyond the mere words of Frontiers and went to check with the FDA whether they are tested that. Why is it important? You know along the line, there was questions raised about the Health Facilities Regulatory Authority mm. not giving the necessary that's, approval. That's HEFRA. Yes, HEFRA mm. here. Not giving the necessary approval for the place to be used. Then they moved on to say that the minister, having explained, then said that in August 25, 2020, the FDA now wrote to the Ghana uh, airport company limited indicating that approved the equipment to be used mm. now they moved on to talk about the procurement process now he says the man informed the appointments committee that following the receipt of the information intending to enter into an agreement with frontiers the ghana airport company now wrote to the public procurement authority mm. to seek approval for the executing this agreement the response, which was given according to their statement, on August 26, 2020, the PPA replied to the airport company indicating to them that the rental of office space by the airport company to another company mm -hmm. fell outside the scope of the Public Procurement Act. Okay. okay. So they had to use their administrative processes mm -hmm. to actually fill in the gap and actually engage the grouping frontiers here. Mm -hmm. Now, that was one of the questions we asked, and they proceeded to talk about what happened with all the engagement. So they wrote to them, and their response was that you do not need public procurement processes to follow, because the other issue that has come up was that they didn't follow the processes that we have all laid down. Indeed, there were even questions about others equally expressing interest. So if they had gone through procurement, perhaps they would have take, taken on board all of these options mm -hmm. and proceeded with it. Then we asked about the total amounts. Mm -hmm. And just as you put out there, we separated because we did not only want to know how much has been generated generally. We wanted to know how much went to Frontiers and how much actually went to the Republic of Ghana. Mm -hmm. Then we also wanted to know for each of the strata, arrival and departure, all of the arrival what they call it, amounts were in dollars. Mm. So that's why they told us, in total, mm -hmm. some 90 million, 655.91 was the total amount in dollars for the arrival testing. Okay. But for the departure testing, it was in cities. Okay. 30 million, 711,600 cities. If you break it down, that's what you mentioned earlier on. Mm -hmm. The Arrival testing and the amount that was given to Frontiers was 84 million, 16,500. Mm. Then in cities, the city, the city part, which is the departure testing, is 29 million, 176,020 city. Mm. Now, when it comes to the Republic of Ghana, we got 5.999749 million, less than 6 million for the arrival. That's dollars. Yes. Arrival. And for the departure. departure. It was 1.535580. Wow. A little over 1.5 million cities. Mm. That's how much. So you compare the 1.5 million cities to the 29 million, mm -hmm. and you compare the 84 million cities to the 5.9 million, mm. being the differences between wow. the two. One is over 90, mm. one is less than 10%. Interesting details there. Well, so that's a work put together by our research team. Now, we've also been joined on the phone by Okujotua Blackwa, who has been at the forefront of the crusade on this particular deal. Uh, grateful for joining us. We also have uh, a pharmacist and CDD fellow, Dr. Kwame Sapon Asiedu, joining us as well. But let me start with uh, Honorable Okujotua Blackwa. You've been on this you know, uh, crusade for quite a long time. What do you make of the findings so far? Well, good evening to you. Good evening to um, 
uh, all your cherished uh, viewers. It is important to commend JoFM uh, for your determination, for the consistency. Uh, it has not been easy getting this information. Uh, you even had to get the RTI Commission to, to find uh, the Ghana Airport Company Limited. Uh, Ghana Airport Company Limited uh, must be condemned for the way uh, well, to conceive. You look at the sharing ratios. Uh, do we still have? Okay. So we lost Okujuja uh, Blackwell there, but we'll try and raise him back on the line. Uh, Raymond, so if you, if you look at the, the, I mean, the sharing ratios that you put out there, were there any reasons given as to why Ghana settled for this kind of ratios? So the response as to specific amounts mm -hmm. actually hinted at within the first, I mean, to be fair, within the agreement that they settled. Mm -hmm. But there's a bit of this that says that because we rented space to them, they were paying royalties of $10 per every cost of um, testing okay. that happened. Okay. So I recall that in mm. December 2020, I paid $150 mm. uh, arriving in the country. Yeah. So out of the $150 at the time, they took $10 for the Rent. Ghana Airport Company okay. Limited. And the 140 went to Frontiers. Okay. For the act, you know, along the line, mm -hmm. there was a lot of noise made about whether or not this is fair, whether or not this mm -hmm. is should we continue. That it was revised, mm -hmm. so we indigenous were asked to pay lesser than foreigners in this particular case. Mm -hmm. Indigenous were paying about fifty dollars, mm -hmm. which required that they still have, were given the ten dollars to the Ghana Airport Company or the government of Ghana, mm -hmm. and the rest will be going to the group in there. Okay. There isn't a definite clarity on why those two amounts were settled on. In fact, it's repeated in the agreement that this is the amount we will be paying to government okay. at every level or, or, or mm. for every single testing mm. that you did. Mm. None of the details given here, and we see, we asked the question mm. about which process did you use and how did you settle on this? Mm -hmm. Which is key, though, yeah. to establish what the real intent behind the decision to select Frontiers in the first place. Mm. The suggestion being made here was that Frontiers approached us. Hearing, okay. for example, the president's announcement. Mm. Was Frontiers mm. any company at all that approached? Okay. Indeed, was it the only company that approached government and mm. was interested in some of these, uh, what they call, processes? Okay. Mm. Uh, we, we have uh, the Honorable Okujota Blackwell back on the line. Uh, so, so, so I want to understand from you what you do make of the sharing ratios as put out. Clearly, the sharing ratios confirm what we had intercepted. And we had made a point earlier that this whole deal is a rip-off. This whole deal does not have value for money. It does not put the interest of Ghanaians ahead of the interest of private Bacaneer entrepreneurs. We have always maintained that this whole frontiers arrangement was a classic trade loot and share scheme, which was intended to, as it were, amass wealth for a few crony capitalists. And this is a clear confirmation. Look, fundamentally, we must be asking, how is it that in a country that has reputable organizations like Noguchi, 
like KCCR, like the Kolebu Central Lab, who were at the forefront of the COVID fight. How did it happen that this company, which was formed on the 21st of July, less than two months before the airport was opened, just a few days actually, how did this company become more credible? How did this company come to be preferred to carry out this testing? When we have all of these credible organizations and see how much they have raked in as profit. Imagine what that money could have done for Noguchi. So this is a company that has no track record. And you see, the response that you have received, that Joy FM has received, it confirms that this was an insider deal. Mm. How, did, how did Frontiers know that they were, that, that government was about to have this arrangement, this airport testing arrangement, and that they will use uh, the, the, the upper terminal it will be exclusive. I mean, clear insider dealing. Because they confirmed that they did not advertise. So there was no adver advertisement. There was no call for expression of interest. And yet, Frontier, which had been incorporated a few days prior, knew that this was going to happen. They knew exactly who in government to contact. Mm. I mean, incredible. Look, this is classic insider dealing. Then number two, when you go through the responses that have been provided, instructively, the Ghana Airport Company Limited keeps a very vital information away from us. And what is that vital information? The passenger statistics. We are not told how many people came in during the period. Because that is how we are all able to know how much exactly. Because I, the analysis that I have done based on the passenger statistics published on the website of Ghana Airport Company Limited, that figure of $84 million, even though it is so, you know, the disparity is so wide and Ghanaians are outraged, I tell you that it is even understated. Because if you look at the Airport Company Limited website, the passenger statistics published, what has been put out is grossly understated. Okay. Number um, three, mm. number three, it is important to emphasize, it is important to emphasize that this whole arrangement, this whole, this whole frontier arrangement, there are so many illegalities. They have confirmed that at the time this testing began, they did not have the license to do it, license from HEPRA. The health. Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on incredible specials you need for fall. Like 55 to 65% off dressy and everyday coats for him and for her. 30 to 60% off dazzling fine jewelry during our diamond sale. And 65% off comfy sheets and bedding from Charter Club Damask to stay warm on cooler nights. Plus, download the app for even more great deals at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Facilities regulatory authorities are not licensed frontier. And they allow this, this illegality. Mm. That is why I am convinced that, look, a forensic audit, an independent probe, and that's why we have filed this motion in Parliament, which the Speaker has duly admitted. We believe that an independent inquiry 
will bring out a lot more issues okay. and will have this whole whitewashing, this whole cover-up exposed. Okay. Mm. Let me bring in Dr. Kwame Sapansedo here. Doc, if you look at the sharing ratios, how different do you think it could have been done? The issues are bigger than just the sharing ratio. Okay. Because if you look at the documents that Joy has put out, the airport company is telling us that they rented the space to Frontiers. Mm -hmm. We know that the regulator, which was FDA, licensed Frontiers and certified the equipment and all that. But who did Frontiers go into a contract with in Ghana? Which entity to take biological samples from passengers coming into Ghana and test them? That information is still unknown. Because the airport company are not telling us that they have a contract with Frontiers. And my little understanding of biomedical testing is that you just cannot go into a country and start testing people. There are ethical considerations to those testing. So who had that contract? Because that person would be the person who agreed the sharing ratios. Mm. Unless, of course, we are going to glean from the information that we put out by the airport company that by virtue of the fact that they accepted the ratios, there was by default a contract. But if you read the substance of the information they've given to you, they are saying there was no contract. They were, it was strictly them renting their premises to the testing company, which was Frontiers. So that is a huge gaping hole. And that contributes to the conversation around the ratios. Because if you don't know who agreed those ratios, how do you have the conversations around them? Mm, okay. Mm, mm. But so looking at the responses we've gotten so far, what are the critical issues that should serve as a guide in future dealings of, of that kind? Well, the critical issues are first and foremost what I've said, that there needs to be a contract in place. Even when you want to do biomedical research, you've got to go for ethical clearance. It is box standard in biomedical research. So there needs to be a contract in place that allows that testing to take place. That is one. Number two, don't you find it surprising that all the ministers who went to vetting at the time that this contract was in controversy denied knowledge? Having read the documents now, I understand why they were doing that because they were all embarrassed about the content. If you ask me, this is the worst contract I've seen signed by anyone who says it's a Ghanaian in the name of Ghana. How on earth would you sign a contract which says that the person who is coming in to test, for whom we don't know who he had a contract with to come and do the testing, is taking 93.7% of the foreign earnings that are coming in, and you are taking 6.7%. And the 6.7% technically is not going to the state. That's what the airport company was taking. Mm, yes. Mm. And we have biomedical um, research institutions. We've got um, Noguchi, we've got KCC, we've got Kentampo, we've got um, the veterinary unit, we've got, um, what do you call it, Navrongo, who need money for research. And we know the value of biomedical research to any economy and how important it became at the height of COVID that 
Okay. It even played a part in who got vaccines first and all that because who he who pays the piper called the tube. And we go into a contract like this. For me, that is the biggest learning for us that next time we should think inwardly about our research institutions and any benefit they can accrue from such contracts. Okay. Like it's always said, okay. never let a crisis go waste. Okay. And I believe from the information you've seen, we've made this crisis go waste. Okay. Uh, let me bring in Okujoto here. I'll, if you can do this for me in a minute, I'll be happy. You have been linking this contract to the, uh, the, one, the people behind the development of the airport city. What do you know? Yes, definitely. I can confirm that the same guys who fronted for Frontier are the same people who are behind the Heaven Builders uh, deal, which, as you know, is, uh, is, is another great loot and share scheme. Uh, they have been offered 38 uh, uh, acres of uh, Ghana airport land. They have made a counter offer for 62 acres, and they are saying they want uh, 99 years lease period, not 45 years as they were initially given. Uh, we followed up the address that they provided. Uh, the office doesn't exist. It's uh, an abandoned, uh, decrepit structure, uh, totally ramshackle. Uh, their website does not address. Uh, I mean, their, their website address they provided doesn't exist. So if due diligence had been done, uh, they would have known that this company, which has a stated capital of 5,000 cities and one employee, cannot claim to have $85 million okay. for land which is in excess of $254 million. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the addresses and then the witness, those witness for both companies, if you look at the articles of incorporation, it's the same person. So we, we, we are seeing uh, clear you know, similarities, the same people. And insiders have told us that those who come to negotiate this deal are the same people okay. who came to negotiate the, the frontier deal. Okay, thank you very much. Dr. Sedu, before I let you go, would you support this uh, probe that Okujeto, Ablakwa, and the minority are calling for? Yes, I'll support a probe into this on the basis of what I have read. Absolutely. Because, like I said, there's a huge gaping hole about who actually Frontiers were in the contract with to actually do this testing. Okay. And until that is unraveled, we are still in a lot of gray areas. Thank you very much. Um, uh, this is the Joy News Prime. Now to other stories. Over 3,000 residents who have been displaced and have been evacuated to safe havens in Kizilto school premises in Mefe, uh, in the North Tong district of the Volta region, lament the harsh conditions at the various emergency assembly centers. The Volta River Authority commenced the spillage of excess water at the Akosombo Hydro Dam on September 15, 2023, due to rising levels of the dam's uh, water, which led to flooding in some nine districts. Speaking to Joy News during the donation of some relief items by the Water River Authority, the flood victims say conditions at the so-called safe havens are dire. Some of the victims have been speaking to my colleague, Carlos Caloni. Now, this is the only thing I have. My cooking utensils, everything got drawn. Even our roofing sheet is very small for the roofing sheet to start showing. Uh, to get, you can't even see the roofing sheet again. So we are pleading. Even the, our school fees, are, we don't have anything. There's more that we have that we we'll use to support ourselves to as finish. So we are calling on the government to come to our aid. Otherwise, we don't know where to start and where to end it. So you've been here for how many days? A month now. I mean, the situation that happened, they uh, brought you to this days. school? Four days. Mm. Four days now. Tell us the experience here. Oh, 
place to bath, I mean, where to poo-poo. Oh, the bathing, yeah, I can't remember the last time. Since the thing has started, I've never bathed. Bath. Mm. Because there's nowhere you fed the water to bath. Even the water that you, you can't even fetch, not to talk of bathing. That's our... That's the whole thing. And some of the ladies, they are in their menses. And how they would bath, change themselves, nothing. They can't do anything. So maybe they'll be in one part. As I'm talking to you now, me, myself, I'm, I'm also a victim. Thank you. So share with us the fact that you are sharing the same room with um, different people uh, that you don't know, cross-infection and all that. Uh-huh. Because of the, how the flood is moving, when you hear that it's somewhere here, you need to move to the other side. If it is here, you have to move to party B. We are just running, just to save our lives. Okay. Now, the victims say they would prefer a relocation to the Saglame housing unit. Pathas Agbenyo Nomenyo is the assembly member for the Dogome electoral area. As I'm talking to you now, over 7,000 people have been affected. There's nowhere to cook. The community, especially uh, the cemetery size, the toilets, they haven't been submerged. So it's, uh, it affects the water entirely. So now when they bring food items like this, where to cook those things becomes a problem. So we want government to set the people with hot meals twice in a day. For sure, the space is continuous. So we don't know where it will land us. So we know there is an affordable house at uh, Topoli over there. It is better the government convey everyone over here to a safer place there. So that we can stay there for a while. When this problem is over, we can come back for, uh, for, to resettle over here. So this is what the, we are demanding the government to do for us. Come and convey everybody, take to Topoli, the affordable house over there, for us to stay there and then live comfortably. While speaking to join News, Deputy Director of NADMO, Seji Saji, assured that concerns are being addressed. The issue is that at Safe Havens, we are trying as much as possible to provide all those facilities to make their stay there, uh, give them some comfort. It will not be like their homes, but we are trying to get that done. We know that some of the Safe Havens don't have those washroom facilities, but we are trying to get uh, something done about that. I told you about the director of health working to have some of the nurses in some of the safe haven. As I even speak, there are some of the nurses at some of the safe haven attending to the health needs of uh, those victims at the safe havens. So far, we have recorded very high numbers already. And the way things are going, we are likely to record more numbers. So far, in all the six uh, safe havens in North Town, 14,000 people, that's the population, they say 14 to 17,000 for the population of Mefe. So a quarter of Mefe, which is being inundated now, those along the river banks, we are looking at in the region of about 4,000 getting to 5,000. But when the situation subsides a little, we might be able to put out more accurate figures. But those we have in the safe havens are getting close to 3,000, and we are likely to record more, because we are told that the spillage might not go down anytime soon. Maybe we might have another four or five days to one week to go. Meanwhile, handing over of some relief items to NADMO officials at the North Tong District Assembly, the Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the VRA in charge of services, Engineer Kenneth Arthur, asserts that the VRA is committed to bringing relief to affected persons throughout these trying periods. The impact of the balance spill uh, is quite adverse over here at the lower water. 
BRS already collaborated with NADMO to bring some relief items. But what you are seeing now, we seek to intensify our humanitarian efforts to bring in more relief items. So that is what you are seeing here. So basically, we are targeting nine districts in all. We joined NADMO to donate the first batch of items at uh, Central Town, that's at the domain. We are here now at North Town, and we'll be looking at the other districts. So basically, we have uh, food items like rice, um, mackerel, um, and then um, some cooking oil, and then sanitary things like toiletries, etc. These are, I mean, different items that we're sending to the different areas. Uh, I must also say that we have a water tanker uh, in the locality, you know, that is supplying portable clear water to all the affected people, especially those who have been moved to the safe heavens, as well as the uh, households who need that uh, service. We have promised that we are going to be with the people until this storm is over. As I said earlier, we've already donated to NADMO you know, to supply some relief items, and we are intensifying it, as you can see here. So we are committed to make sure that throughout the storm, uh, we bring relief to the people who have been evacuated from their original homes until, you know, this flood recedes. Still on floods, residents in the three-tongue district and landlord of the water region are counting their losses after their homes and businesses got flooded due to the spillage of, of the Akosumbo Dam. Most of the residents who said they lost uh, their properties are currently homeless and appealing to the government to come to their aid. Komboni technical students have been sent home due to the flooding. Ivy Satoji has an update on the issue. In Bakba, Avaduwe, Kome, in the Central Tong District, the entire community is flooded with most of the houses submerged. Some of the residents who spoke with Joy News said there is a need for government to respond swiftly to their cries before the worst happens. Our concern as residents is uh, why is it that knowing that the impact will be greater than the previous year, they didn't put up any form of support system to ensure that the people are safe, that the people are not, uh, you know, will not go through what they are going through now. From what we are seeing, a lot of families have lost a lot of things. In South Tong, the power distribution station is also affected and the Kumbuni Technical School also flooded, forcing authorities to send students home. Ignatius Banya is the vice principal of the Kumbuni Technical School. Um, at the moment, as you can see, the effect of the spillage from the VRA dam submerged most of our facilities. And as a result of that, when we noticed yesterday, um, uh, we have to uh, ask the students to go home. In North Tongue, the assemblyman Amos Ahosu said over a thousand houses have been submerged in the flood in Mefe. Aveime and its adjoining communities. Over a thousand houses have been submerged already, and the properties and then life is being threatened. So we are calling on the I mean national 
the government should come to our aid. This is the time the people of Mepa, especially the people at the lower voter base, are waiting them. They should come to our aid. The people, they need tents. They need tents, a temporary tent to stay in. They need mattresses, their food, food stuffs, uh, mosquito quills, uh, mosquito nets, and all that. All those things are being needed now. Whatever that can help us, any relief items at all, is welcome. Osborne Divine Fenno is the DCE for North Tong District. Okay, uh, we just returned from uh, Abime uh, Riverside to take some relief items to our people over bank. Uh, we have some relief items delivered to them this afternoon. Uh, we are we are moving to other places. In Anglo, towns like Agobledukui and Fiaho are also flooded, leaving residents homeless. It is the hope of the people of these communities that something be done about the situation soon. Ivy Satoji, Joy News, Mepe. That's Esther Joy News Prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Stay with us. About one third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs and adherence. In fact, close to 57% of children under 14 years living with HIV do not receive antiretroviral drugs, again as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication. Life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry, close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger. And Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now to avert it. While the Ghana AIDS Commission is working hard to overturn the situation, the Commission urgently needs funding support from corporate Ghana and individuals to save lives. We are therefore appealing to you, corporate entities and individuals, to support the National HIV and AIDS Fund by dialing star 9898-HASH on MTN and Vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 101-863-161-3233, Bank of Ghana. Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV, including children affected by AIDS. For further information, please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 0302 919260 or email info at ghana Give to save a life today. Ghana AIDS Commission partnering to eliminate HIV and AIDS. It feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment 
requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double-layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty, seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the app store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. Welcome back from the break. Now, some illegal miners in Ghana currently use mercury to trap gold. The mercury is then vaporized by continuous heating on fire. Experts say a test conducted in gold smelting joint in the country reveal that the vaporized mercury stays in the air, exposing people, especially pregnant women, in such communities to life-threatening concentrations. This is captured in the latest Join News Trust Africa Online documentary, Poison for Gold, produced by Rastos Asari Donko, airing on Monday. Here I said. At Konyao, a small farming and mining community in the Bekwai municipality of the Ashanti region, Kofiasari works as a gold dealer. 
he hits the gold mercury amalgam he gets from these artisanal miners with a blowtorch or sets them on fire to vaporize the mercury in obtaining the gold. The process produces a poisonous, white, foggy-looking vapor which fills the immediate environs. After eight years of doing this job, he suffered a major health blow. I was at work. Uh, I saw that my my hands was shaking. My body was shaking. I, I couldn't even stand my hands for some. You see, it's showing that that time it was very high. And I can't even hold pen to write. I can't even hold phone, hold water to drink. My intestines were the same. I feel, I feel like something was inside my body. I can't take food. If I take food, I eat, I eat to vomit. But Asari is not the only person exposed. He is silently poisoning the entire community. The mercury vapor eventually settles in the surrounding environments such as in the air, water, sediments and soil. Mercury in air, it is one huge challenge that we are being faced with. Dr. Eugene Ansan is a scientist in charge of the sheath laboratory of the chemistry department at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology. He has been using a mercury air analyzer to test for mercury air concentration in communities where gold smelting is done. What we saw was that most people were exposed indirectly to mercury vapor farther away from the point source, that's the point of application or the point of amalgamation and roasting. Professor Sampini explains how heavy metal contamination can alter the developmental stages of a fetus, leading to extreme deformation in babies. Either by inhalation, the mother will inhale it, goes through the blood, and then the child gets it through the placenta. In fact, placenta is one of the organs that has a very good permeability for heavy metals, especially mercury and then lead. Now, to other stories, and despite misgivings by some political and social actors about the Electoral Commission, President Ekufuado is affirming his confidence in the commission and the processes it is undertaking. According to him, Ghana's electoral system has evolved over the years to become reliable and there must be a need to protect the commission. Speaking on democracy and security in West Africa at the United States Institute of Peace Program on Governance and Peace, President Ekofado says democracy, despite its imperfections, remains the best tool to fight injustice in the governance system. We have in this period experienced through the ballot box the transfer of power from one ruling political party to another on three different occasions in conditions of peace and stability without threatening the foundations of the state. The Ghanaian people have manifested in this era their deep attachment to the principles of democratic accountability, respect for individual liberties and human rights, and the rule of law. It has also brought with it more or less systematic economic growth, 
and boosted immensely our self-confidence. We're making systematic advances, especially if you consider that we have just celebrated our 66th independence anniversary and we're able to say that we are indeed making significant progress. For the first time in a long while, young people can make long-term plans and live out their dreams without interruption. In much the same way, businesses can think ahead, begin to think big and be certain that the laws of the country are not subject to capricious changes. We're all much more relaxed in the knowledge that we live under a regime of the rule of law and that when disputes arise as they would in all human endeavors, they would be settled fairly. We have not gone to this stage easily and without difficulties. If I were pressed, I would mention in particular the electoral process as the greatest source of potential instability. The trigger for many wars and disputes around the continent can be traced to dissatisfaction with the conduct of elections. We in Ghana have gone through our own traumas about elections. There have been boycotts, there has been anger, and there have been famous election petitions before the courts. That's Esther Ojoni's prime. We'll take a quick break. When we return, we'll bring you prime app. We'll bring you showbiz. In life, choice is good, but choice plus safety is way better. Your safety and comfort is paramount. Under the cylinder recirculation model, you can buy LPG in a safe environment. All cylinders are inspected and maintained to the best safety standards, so your safety is assured. Just take your empty cylinder to the nearest exchange point and swap it for a filled cylinder. Different cylinder sizes will be available to meet your pocket size. Imagine cooking in a smoke-free environment. This will improve the health and well-being of you and your family. Choose LPG in a safer model of distribution. Cylinder recirculation model. Securing your safety. Creating more jobs. A message from the National Petroleum Authority under the patronage of the Ministry of Energy. Betway is your gateway. Investment Limited. All right, it's the time for us to bring you showbiz and ever beautiful. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
posting. I mentioned yeah, it. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, I want the other one. I asked you to mention it, but I didn't mention it. Which one? Akosia. No, no, I mean, first, how do you mention your name? Fostina Safo. No. I mean, I need the other one you mentioned. Fostina Safo. <laughs> Okay, you know, today is no bra day, though. Have you yeah. noticed I'm not wearing bra? No, you are, Masa. Ah, okay, you will leave that conversation for another Okay, time. later I'll go and check and I'll come and tell the viewers. <laughs> so let's start off with Cobham. He's uh -huh. one of the greatest producers you could work with. Mm. Although he has a disability, he's one person maybe, that... Maybe you say he has an impairment. Yes, one person that he's been able to rise to the ranks in the Nigerian music scene. And he's in Ghana for the Emmy Awards. Okay. will be performing. He's been sharing his thoughts about the Ghanaian music scene and mm -hmm. also Mobad passing on. He has some thoughts to share. So let's listen to him. So give me one hit song, Lord. Let me blow like Olamide. Give me one hit song, Lord. I'm one of the few fortunate ones who, I mean, there are many now, but in my in my day, it was a bit tricky, you know, to say you want to do music. But my parents supported me, I guess because, so I, I always did well in school, for one, and um, I think my parents believed that whatever it was I was going to do, I would do well with it. Um, I sort of always postured myself as a responsible person, so let's <laughs> that, that might have helped a little bit, but yes, I did get the support of my parents. And I think that made me accountable, because I then knew that I could couldn't fail my family. There were so many people who believed in me, and whatever it was I did, I had to be the best at it, or you know, make make something out of it, something great. What's your thoughts about our high life music in Ghana and what we're doing with it? So I'm happy that you know you have been able to sustain. So high life music is the is the is the base in many ways, the bedrock in many ways of you know the different expressions of you know what we have. So as we have Afrobeat from Nigeria, we have you know high life obviously you know ghana is like one of the biggest contemporaries and it's such a huge influence for me i mean the, the ramblers dance band et mensa you know that that whole vibe and I, I think you know it's a legacy worth sustaining you know and i like how it sort of morphed into hip life you know and all of the things that it's become i think that you know it's a legacy that you cannot afford to let go you know it's so important it's an important part of our african music history and heritage and i just hope that, you know you guys continue to see what a blessing it is and you know the fact that you guys are opportuned to be the contributors to it and that you know you hold on to it tightly as a legacy you don't so tired you know they take you only day you write application you go for auditions but still it'd be like saying no they pay You've been in Ghana for a couple of days. What are some of the things you like about Ghana? I like so much. I like so many things about Ghana. I like I like Shito <laughs> very much. I like Kelewele. I love this place very much. I love the food, the culture, the people, you know, the just so much the music, the high life, the hip life, the everything. I love I love Ghana. It's Ghana Jalo for Nigerian <laughs> this is a very serious matter. So I, I was telling someone recently that in Nigeria, one of the places we used to actually get the best jollof was in front of the Ghana High Commission. <laughs> oh, there was a lady there. She had, oh my goodness, her jollof was wow, 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 wow. It was something. It's not like it's a Ghanaian jollof. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I plead the faith. <laughs> okay. Ghana jollof is awesome, though, I gotta say. It's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> what are we expecting from you right now in the music scene? Oh man, so there's, there's a lot going on. First of all, I'm here for the for the Emmys, Emmys Africa Awards, and I'm really excited about that. So I'm going to be having a collaboration, uh, you know, when that happens with Effia, who's like a sister to me, who's family, you know, and that's exciting. I just met Maya Blue. She's young and incredibly talented. So I'm, I'm meeting a lot of people and, um, you know, looking forward to, you know, collaborations and stuff. So that's really exciting for me. something a little bit sensitive one, one of the things trending right now in the Nigerian music industry is the death of Mobad and people's disappointment in the system and the police actually finding the corporates and finding a narrative that actually goes well with the people what are your thoughts about because I know you've been commenting about it yeah, so it's a it's a rather unfortunate um, it's a rather unfortunate incident, it's a rather unfortunate situation, and you know it's it's even more unfortunate that you know someone had to die, you know, to expose you know some of the things that I feel like you know may have been not may have been some of the things that have been happening, you know, in the industry over time, you know, from because people don't know a lot of people don't know people don't know you know what people go through people don't know you know the underbelly of the system you know what happens and it's not just in music it's it's in healthcare, it's in, fi- it's in finance, it's in a lot of places, you know, and it, it, it had to take the life of a promising, talented young artist, you know, for us to understand that these sorts of things are happening. I just hope, right, that um, it, it's not something that we sensationalize and move on from. I hope that we actually take advantage of the moment to, you know, take action, you know, action that is consequence on, you know, just us getting results that you know not only you know deal directly with the, the issue at hand but to make sure that you know it, whatever the final decision is you know serves as a deterrence as a strong warning you know to make sure that people actually behave and regulate you know themselves you know in, in acceptable acceptable standards Let's talk about Samini. You know, he's been campaigning for the New Patriotic Party last um, three years. In the 2020 yes, yes, he was heavy for the party. And now he's disappointed in the party because of the construction of the National Cathedral. Let's listen to him. I think it's a misplaced priority in these times for any developing country okay. to, to even buy into if their leader should say, let's build a synagogue and go and worship God. Today, everything is so smart that people would listen to a podcast at home as their Sunday church rather than get up and go anywhere. So that same structure and the amount of resources needed to put that structure up Mm -hmm. can be channeled into different sectors and we will be smiling. Agriculture alone mm. would turn around. So it's hopeful that governments would turn their focus to other sectors of the economy and yeah. invest in that. So, Coach yeah. today is Friday. Uh-huh. What are you doing after today? A lot of hanging around. Great. So, what's your favorite song? Can I tell song? It says. Mm-hmm. Hey. Okay. You know what? Let's do karaoke. Ah. Fill in the lyrics. Yeah. So, guys, I'm giving the song. Let's see if you can sing to the song. <laughs>
Betway is your gateway to a theme park full of gaming excitement. A whirlpool of wonder where your favorite games come to life. Where you can take to the skies with max payouts that reach into the millions. All in the palm of your hand. Visit betway.com.gh. Terms and conditions apply. Betway is regulated by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. No under 18. Bet responsibly. Betway. Bet your way. From one Ghana city to 350 Ghana cities, and you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting new pick one game from Game Park. Play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the Game Park app on www.gameparkgames.com. Choose your pick one number from 1 to 36. Place your stake. And watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. daily. Hey, live life like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly. No, 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 no. This is for your mom. She loves me because of my frutellium. fruit juice and the perfect way to the heart who loves you because of your fruit telly this advert is fda the other day as i was in my kitchen preparing my special jollof meat with lily rice for my family i heard the knock at the door 
he was my mechanic. Instead of calling me to pick my car, he bought it himself. I said, sure. He said, Fo. I said, take the car back. I will come and pick it myself. As I turned off the fire from under the lily jollof, there was another knock at the door. He was my neighbor. I said, neighbor, neighbor. He said, Fo. My dog has jammed your wall again, oh. I said, don't be silly. You don't have a dog. My wife and kids came home, and we saw that he enjoyed. So, it was my pastor. He said, bless you. I said, bless you too. He said, did he come to church on Saturday? I said, Acho, but uh, why are you coming to tell me this on Wednesday? Having to fend off visitors at mealtimes because of Lele's tasty aromatic rice? Celebrate every mealtime by sharing with friends and family, near or far. Lele, tasty food, happy family. This advert is FD. to be modest from this house. Mm. I learned to be content from this house. I learned to be prayerful, to be very prayerful and know that it is God who does everything. Right. Once you commit your ways to God and put in effort, mm. he also comes down to come and bless you. My legend, I mean, I'd say my favorite footballer of all time in Ghana. Wow. Yeah. If I wasn't doing music actively, maybe I would be playing football and and this this chap right here is, will be one of my idols. Maybe would have played alongside him. I yeah. would have loved. I would have loved to. I was I was a midfielder then. So the good striker he is. That's probably the reason why I love him. You maybe. love him. He would have made me the greatest assist. Mm. The business segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Welcome to Prime Business. My name is Emma Davis. There is growing support to generally exclude short-term debt from the restructuring perimeter. That's according to a progress report by the International Monetary Fund. This means Treasury bills will not be affected by any debt restructuring, despite the rising interest rates. There's more in this report. 
The fund at the Global Sovereign Debt Roundtable in the ongoing spring meetings in Morocco said the exclusion of short-term debt is a common practice under Paris Club treatment and an explicit feature of the common framework. It is therefore important for restructuring countries as it helps to maintain access to trade finance. In recent and ongoing restructuring cases, including outside the common framework, the fund pointed out that the practice has similarly excluded short-term debt from restructuring perimeters. On the treatment of state-owned enterprise debt, the fund added that some participants suggested the exclusion of government-guaranteed debt of financially viable SOEs from the restructuring perimeters. Others underline that, typically for low-income countries, the joint IMF World Bank debt sustainability analysis include this in the DSA perimeter with limited exceptions. Government has indicated that some stalled infrastructure projects will resume once it reaches a debt restructuring deal with its external creditors. Some road projects and other donor infrastructure deals have stalled after the finance ministry suspended debt repayment as a result of the debt exchange program. But speaking on PM Express Business Edition, Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Dr. Mohammed Amin Adam, said this might end soon. Well, I, I think that this is an important question. But when you say several, it's important to to know what quantum you are yeah. talking about. I, I don't have the number, but yes, there are yes. a lot of big projects that we know. Yes, yeah, what we are told is that it's because of this, that is why it has because stopped. Because when you say several, some, you know, some notes a lot Gagantuan. of, of projects. But I think that some. I mean, if you move around the country, yeah. you will attest to the fact that a lot of work has happened and a lot of work is happening mm. on the road sector. You know, the road projects that are stalled uh, are those that are funded by by donors, mm. but uh, not all donors. Mm. You know, because the World Bank is not included mm. in that. I mean, what we call multilaterals mm. uh, is not. It is usually the, the official bilaterals. Mm. You know, and then also the commercial mm. uh, creditors. So that is why I was questioning you on yeah. the use of the word uh, several, because even Some. most of the donors, if you look at the foreign funded, the profile of yeah. foreign funded road projects, the multilaterals mm. dominate. The World Bank and the other more African Development Bank, they dominate. And so we need to put that in proper context. Mm. But to, to tell you when will depend on when the negotiations are completed. Okay. And if we are saying that we expect that to be completed by the end of this year, mm. then that is probably the time mm. uh, some of those projects will resume. Mm. But don't take it away from the fact that even when we reach uh, an understanding and an MOU is signed, you know, some donors may, may decide that, look, let's go ahead. Yeah. So you can tell, and this is why I don't want to speculate. Mm. Meanwhile, Joy Business is picking up information that government is making significant progress on reaching a deal with some external creditors and donors on possible debt restructuring. My colleague, George Riafi, is at the annual World Bank IMF meetings at Marrakesh in Morocco and brings us more details. Hi, George. What else are you picking from these donors that gives us some strong indication that they will agree to a debt restructuring? So, Emma, if you can hear me, basically what Ghana is supposed to do, Emma, is to get a memorandum of understanding from these bilateral creditors and then Ghana 
can go to the IMF board with this. What we are picking up from some of these uh, bilateral creditors is that in principle, they offer this memorandum of understanding and they will sign up to it, a move that would help Ghana uh, go to the IMF board, that is the third week in November, to get this uh, financing assurance thing and for the next tranche of funds to come in for Ghana. So from what I have picked up from them here in Marrakesh, it looks like they agree to proposals that Ghana has made to them for them to sign up. And what the fund is looking for, Emma, is a memorandum of understanding, an agreement in principle that they are committed to opening up for discussions to restructure their debts. And Emma, this is targeting the bilateral creditors. Are you getting any timelines from them as well? That one, Emma, not necessarily. The IMF board is supposed to meet in the third week of November on Ghana's program. Now, if you engage the Minister of Finance, and he was addressing the media session today, he believes that they have met the central bank governor of the Chinese uh, government. They have been able to secure some, some agreement from him. They met the French group. They co-chair the G20 round of uh, debt discussions. And all these uh, actors have given their permission that when it comes to reaching a deal on this, before the board meets, uh, they would append their signatures to this memorandum of understanding. Eman, next week, the Ghana or the government team is also supposed to go to London to engage the private external creditors and those who are also holding the euro bonds. And again, from what they have tabled, these creditors it appears that they also might not waive any objection into signing an agreement that they are open to negotiations for the restructuring of the euro bonds and the private debt to Ghana, Emma. Is Ghana likely to meet the November deadline of reaching a deal before the IMF board meets government again? Emma, let's just backtrack when we're all struggling to see whether we'll get a staff-level agreement. And again, here, engaging the IMF officials here in Marrakesh, Morocco, the body language seems to suggest that they are also committed as long as they're able to get any agreement from these creditors. And they're supposed to meet in the third week of November. If what I'm picking up from the IMF and even government and some of these donor creditors is anything to go by, then it is likely that in the second week of November, Ghana could get this agreement in principle that all these actors are open to beginning negotiations to sign up to this debt restructuring deal or extend what they call this financing assurance. Ima, some people would ask that, why should I care? Well, one of the critical things that is happening, Ima, is that some of these road projects, as you said earlier on, have stalled because of a lack of clear roadmap or agreement on this. So if government is able to reach a deal with these actors next month, we could see some of these road projects that are stalled resuming. And that is why some would say you should care about some of these discussions that are ongoing, Emma. But in all this, what are government officials saying about this development? Well, they are quite optimistic, Emma. Any government person that you engage with believes that they have done their work. They've had the one-on-one -on -one engagement with all the actors. And... They don't get any sense of objection that they are not interested. And if those 
commitment from these actors are anything to go by, they believe that they are on their way to get the next tranche of funds and also all these actors committing to sign the memorandum of understanding when it comes to the financing assurance and participating in Ghana's quest to restructure these external debts. My colleague, George Riafi there, thank you very much. Now, Finance Minister Ken Oforiata has indicated that meetings with China's central bank governor and the French governor have been very positive. We had met um, the, the governor uh, of the central bank uh, of China. We don't uh, perceive any um, reluctance on their part um, to participate in this positively. Actually, within the past month, uh, I think they are close to um, a resolution in Zambia, in Sri Lanka, and in Suriname. Um, and so, you know, following that trend, uh, we do expect them um, to um, cooperate um, with that. And um, it was very good assurance um, from them that they would do that. Um, the T-bill rate, um, it's, it's always a battle, a battle between uh, growth and inflation, uh, and therefore 38% um, is good because you've moved from 54 to 38, um, and that's what maybe 18 or 16% reduction in such a short time, and that is great effort. Um, so the bank uh, will continually uh, have to balance um, the growth and T-bill agenda. Um, yes, we did meet um, with the French group uh, who are co-chairs, and we also did meet with the governor of the Central Bank of China, um, who is a co-chair, and um, we are quite assured um, that they would um, be able to deliver um, what um, the um, IMF is looking for the board meeting to be successful on the third, in the third week of November. Um, so um, we'll still keep at it, uh, but we, we leave feeling quite assured that what they did with financial assurances in May of last year, um, they will come through with the requisite documentation for an MOU um, for that meeting. Away from the IMF, Standard Chartered Bank Ghana PLC is leading the charge to empower girls across the country to help them start their own businesses after school. To mark this year's International Day of the Girl Child, the bank organized a girl summit in Accra to empower women to be future leaders through entrepreneurship. The initiative is part of the bank's commitment to champion diversity, brought together young achievers to inspire young girls and senior high schools to be the best version of themselves. Head of Corporate Affairs, Brand and Marketing at Standard Chartered, Isidua Adair said, their aim is to inspire young girls, mentor them, and ensure that they can also reach their full potentials. So, as young ladies, the size are limits, right? As you say, the size are limits. So, say, take the glass, break it, and all of that. The reason why we have got to get first of all, you need to understand that you are special, because there are a lot of girls who have been here. But you found yourself here today, it is by no accident that you are here. So I want you to know that you are special to learn as much as you can. Right? Don't be bored. 
and when they said what kind of address, I was like, when they say what kind of address, I was like, okay, thank you. Or I'll listen because people will ask a question. So don't be bored. And um, if you know there's a reason why you are here. Mining firm Anglo Gold Ashanti says it will continue to invest in comprehensive training programs to enhance the skills of young people within its host communities. Under its Youth Apprentice Program, the mining company has equipped over 100 young individuals. Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on incredible specials you need for fall, like 55 to 65% off dressy and everyday coats for him and for her. 30 to 60% off dazzling fine jewelry during our diamond sale. And 65% off comfy sheets and bedding from Charter Club Damask to stay warm on cooler nights. Plus, download the app for even more great deals at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Individuals in various technical and vocational trades. This is to contribute to the economic recovery of Oboise and other adjoining communities. There's more in this report. The third cohort of the NGA's Youth Apprenticeship Program offered an opportunity to gain industry-specific practical knowledge and hands-on experience in the working environment. Over 100 apprentices dedicated a year enhancing their skills in welding and fabrication, electrical and mechanical techniques. The program established in 2020 by Anglico Dashanti Obwasi Mine aims at reviving and boosting the economic growth in the mining community. Imano Beidou is sustainability manager at AGA Obwasi Mine. For the past three years, we have successfully trained about 100 to 400 youth from our communities uh, in areas of mechanical uh, technician, uh, in areas of electrical um, technician, and then welding and fabrication, and other related skills which will enhance their employability. We are working with all stakeholders um, through this journey. We are optimistic that through this training, some of the youth will be able to set themselves up. And we have other interventions to support uh, all those who are willing to set themselves up um, in the SME space. Uh, through our economic development program, we are more than willing and committed to hold their hands and then support them. The program is part of the skills development and entrepreneurship program of the mining company's socio-economic development plan. The training was conducted in partnership with Mark Partners Training Institute, who provided resources to facilitate an in-depth insight into related fields. Seth Quay is Managing Director of Mark Partners Training Institute. You represent the future of industry, and we are confident that you will make a significant impact, not just in the mining sector, but also in the various other industries. However, it is crucial to emphasize that Graduation is not the end, the end of your journey. It's actually the beginning. The skills that you have acquired need continuous refinement. The time at our institute has provided a strong foundation, but it is essential to remain curious, committed to lifelong learning, and eager to seek practical experience in your chosen fields. Some beneficiaries shared the benefits enjoyed under the program. Before I joined, already I had I have mechanical engineering certificate from Takwari Technical University in, in our tertiary institutions. Though they teach us practical, but it's not enough. But when it comes to 
Anglo Gold Engineering Center, they teach you on the, what is on the job field, the real job. For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel Bright Quaker. New hub space created with the aim of supporting new tech startups with, techni- with technology tools, platforms, and mentoring to help them scale and become enterprise ready has been established in the Techiman municipality of the Bono East region. Chief Executive Officer of AgriCohab, George Intribuisiako, says the project would, amongst other things, bring together innovators, inspire and build their skills, as well as support them with startup funding through the HAP's new startup credit union. Anas Sabet has more. New Agrico Hub Space is designed to provide physical space that brings together researchers, creators, and innovators to nurture ideas into industry-changing products and services by helping develop entrepreneurial tech communities, inspire and build skills and networks among potential young entrepreneurs. Chief Executive Officer of the facility, George Antribusiaku, says the new space focuses on startups as it gives them the needed support to help them excel. What we intend to do is that we want to run an organization that is not just a training space, but a, but a hub that is there to actually um, provide the space for startups and, and, and young businesses to be able to have that peaceful environment to grow their businesses. So we try to come up with innovative programs and, and, and innovative spaces to be able to make it more accommodating for uh, startup businesses. He noted that beyond the provision of this space to enable them nurture their ideas, the hub is also supporting new startups with funding support through its new startup credit union. As an organization, we are bringing out these products and services to be able to train, coach, and mentor startups and also help them by funding them. So we have, for the first time, introduced what we call Startups Cooperative Credit Union. That's it's a union of the startups that we are supporting. So after Agrico Hub has trained them, giving them all the support through acceleration program, they we move them to the cooperative so that the cooperative can also support them with funding. So that is how we have started our operation coming into our new space. Andrew Kofi Akotoado is the communications officer at Reach for Change. He's optimistic that the new space will go a long way to help young people and enterprise support players to help them excel in the entrepreneurial space. The second thing is that having a facility where creators like myself or ecosystem players like myself can come in and then sit and then interface or discuss issues that are confronting our economy and then also come to see and partner with AgriCohub is one thing that we must be able to commend the visionary George and Tribuisako and then the team for seeing this and for making sure that we have this space to call a home for enterprise support players, for ecosystem builders. Whenever they want to come to Techiman to come and do something here, they have somewhere that they can come in and collaborate and work with the team here to drive this impact. For the founder of One Hive Ghana, who also serves as the director for gender, inclusivity and equity at the Ghana Hubs Network, Janat Isifu, young women need to identify their talents and take advantage of such innovation spaces scattered across the country.
uh, this will be my advice to women out there watching. I think you have the potentials. And I think there are a lot of challenges that need to be solved, even when it comes to our development as women. And we are the only people that understands our issue. And so I'm calling all women on board, regardless of the situation or where you find yourself. You have a talent. You have an idea that is going to be very, very instrumental in developing the capacity of women, in supporting the community and also Ghana at large. And so this is the time to take the action. This is the time to move and put our ideas into action. Reporting for Joy News, Anas Sabit, Tichima. Satellite TV pro provider HD Plus has kick-started an installer training program for ladies in the prison service as part of an economic empowerment initiative. The program is expected to unearth the technical talents of ladies in the service through the installation of the HD decoder and other satellite equipment. Here's more. The training forms part of an economic empowerment journey by the satellite TV provider HD Plus for Women in Society. The exercise afforded the ladies an opportunity to have a first-hand insight into the installation of the decoder as well as maintenance of the satellite equipment. Managing Director of HD Plus, Adelaide Bill Williams, explains the importance of such projects to the economy. HD Plus, we believe that women have the ability to contribute to their social economic growth of the environment that they are in. If only they are given the support and the training to be able to do that. And so we decided to partner with the prison service. This is all in a quest to ensure that um, homes across Ghana have quality installations. So we decided to work with the Ghana prison's leadership to focus on the women and bring them to the up to speed so that they could also deliver quality installations, satellite installation services to homes across the country. Director of Prisons in Charge of Services, DOP Patients Bafo Boni, urged the officers to take advantage of the training to empower themselves. This is purely digital. It is psyche. It makes you ahead of other women and even the men. Why don't you take advantage of it? So I will be monitoring those who are doing it, especially, I don't know how Madam Adelaide is going to do it, but we should have a way of monitoring those who are doing well and then internally, we also see how it goes. After here, we intend to do it at the other sectors, maybe four more areas to get more women. So if you are promoting the thing internally, it's going to sharpen your marketing skill, not just for decoder. Some of the participants have been speaking to Joy Business on the initiative. It's very easy. Hitherto, I didn't know. There were certain things that your decoder will lose signal of, and you would think of going to the length and breadth of everywhere to look for somebody. But I realize that sometimes it's just something small, and you are down with it. In fact, this program has imparted some knowledge as far as the installation of decoders are concerned. It's male-dominated area, but today if women have been called to come and participate and also be able to fix this, I think it's a kudos to the organizers. I must say that I can, as I stand up, I can also fix a decoder and then also track it to see whether the signal is good.
And this program that we just had has have a very good impact on me because it's going to help me control my channels so that my kids will not be exposed to other channels that are not of good interest for them. Certificates were issued to all the participating officers after the program. That's how we wrap up on Prime Business tonight. My name is Emma Davis. For more business news, log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. Enjoy your weekend. The business segment was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. For decades, we have helped businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Côte d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands, and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you. Making life simple. That is who we are. As close as a partner. Bank of Africa. We are indeed the African bank with the global reach. to 350 Ghana cities and you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting new pick one game from game pack play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the game pack app on www.gameparkgames.com choose your pick one number from 1 to 36 place your stake and watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. daily. Hey, live like like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly.
Fritelli, the all-natural fruit juice. This outlet is FDA To be modest from this house. Mm. I learned to be content from this house. I learned to be prayerful, to be very prayerful and know that it is God who does everything. Right. Once you commit your ways to God and put in effort, mm. He also comes down to come and bless you. My legend, I mean, I'd say my favorite footballer of all time in Ghana. Wow. Yeah. If I wasn't doing music actively, maybe I would be playing football and and this, this chap right here is, will be one of my idols. Maybe he would have played alongside him. Yeah. I, would have loved, I would have loved to. I was, I was a midfielder then, so the good striker he is, that's probably the reason why I love him. You love him. He would have made me the greatest assist. Mm. Segment is brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Hello there, welcome to Prime Sports. Uh, my name is Rizak Musbao. Now let's head all the way to the United States of America where Ghana coach Chris Seaton has been underlining the importance of the upcoming friendlies against Mexico and the United States of America as the Black Star gear up for the 2026 World Cup qualifiers and the 2023 African Cup of Nations early next year. Now, Black Stars are scheduled to play Mexico at the Bank of America Stadium on October 15 in Charlotte, followed by a match against the USA in Nashville on October 18. Now, uh, speaking ahead of the game, Chris Seaton described the games as a good test for the team, an opportunity for him to know the players even better. Uh, we've enjoyed it so far. Um, I think what, what, you know, when you are the, the head coach of, uh, of any national team, um, you are subservient to the players that, that are able to come. And so there are always disappointments and we, we obviously had some pulled out through injury, um, which is always disappointing because the fact that we're here we've probably managed to get more time with the players um, on this camp than, than, than what we generally normally do so so it would have been good to have you know all of those players in, involved but for those that um, that wasn't able to be here you know others are here and uh, what we have is that we have the nucleus of of the squad that was involved of course in last month um, and it's a really good opportunity to to work with them one is to, to better work with them. Two is again to get that uh, the team building, team spirit, because we're out, we're, out, we're away for a longer period of time. Um, but we get to work with them, 
Now, these are two very good friendly games, very good competitive games, and although, <coughs> although in in theory, you know, Mexico are not at home in, in theory, but they almost are with um, the support base that they, they, they will get. So we're playing two games away from home, which are, which are always tough. I will find out or more about the players, which is um, the, the reason why we took on this calibre of game. And it will be a big test for us. So Mexico first on Saturday and um, USA next. I mean, generally, when you look at, you've spoken about the quality and the fact that it's advantageous to your team in putting them together and building more, getting more time to spend with them. But do you think that these teams with different style of play, different, you know, um, um, football culture is what you need at this point going into next month's World Cup qualifiers? No, I think so. I think we, we, we have to vary the, the type of uh, opposition. Um, what certainly is good for us is to be coming away from home, um, playing against two opposition that, that in theory will be favourites, you know, as we spoke about. In effect, they're almost both playing at home. And so it's an away game for us, going into stadiums where, although we will have our support there, but we will be hugely outnumbered by the, the home support. So, you know, these are environments, these are tougher environments for the players to play in. So these are a good test, very, very much so. I mean, of course, what they are not, they are not um, games against you know, African opponents on African pitches. Um, but that's the balance that we have. You know, so we're here in uh, two games where the opposition will be favourites because they're playing at home. And it will be a big test for us. And um, I think we, we have to continue to, to, to vary the type of opposition that we have, particularly, I say, in the friendly game. Well, Ghana has been paired against Verde, uh, Mozambique and Egypt in the African Cup of Nations group stage to be held next year. He has also been speaking about that. Obvious is that um, I think when the group uh, was going to be announced, you, the fact that we were going to be in the, the second group of, of seeds, it was, it was, I think, mostly thinking which team was going to be in, in the, the, the top group of seeds. And, and of course, as soon as Egypt come out, the first thoughts are, of course, the very experienced side, very experienced uh, AFCON com com campaigners. Um, I think have more wins than um, any other country. I think so. They're experiencing it. So, for sure, it's very, very tough opposition. But the, the first thing you think about is it's a competition that you're very much looking forward to. You know, to play against certainly one of the best teams in Africa at this particular moment. Um, but that's just part of it. And of course, in uh, Mozambique and Cape Verde, there are two teams that that I don't know so much about. We will, of course, do all of our homework uh, over these these coming months and seeing their games. Of course, their games uh, next month, and we will do the homework the best that we can. But I think the, the whenever a group comes out, you know, it, you, I think you always look at it that it. It could have been better for us, um, but of course you also have to look at it could have been worse. So it's, it's one that we will very much look forward to. 
Now, away from that, Chief Executive Officer of Pando Heart of Lions and Executive Council Member of the Ghana Football Association, Dr. Randy Abe, has lauded the inclusion of former Black Stars coach Gracia Pia on the council, emphasizing that his years of experience as a player and coach will offer the association much-needed guidance to help improve the game. Meanwhile, he was left disappointed with the low representation of women on the council. He's been speaking to Joyce Force on the sidelines of the elections. Well, um, Kwesi Apia is a legend, uh, is a legend as a player, um, he captain the Black Stars, um, has done, has done uh, a lot for this country and even as a coach, I mean, he um, worked with me, the first ever uh, international trophy that I won as a, a chairman of a national team was with Kwesi Apia, the All-Africa Games um, in Maputo in 2011. And um, and so um, he brings um, a lot on board. I mean, from a player's perspective and from a, a technical handler's uh, a perception. And don't forget that he also currently is a part of the Kodoko administration. And so I think that he also brings um, a different um, perspective um, on the table. One thing that caught my eye was that in this election, there was only one woman who took part in the elections, and it was Mrs. Gifty Owari Mensa. I've also gone through the other elections that will be taking place at the regional level and district level, especially the regional levels, and it does appear that we are yet to see any woman come forward to, you know, contest in the GFA elections. The executive council just one woman. In terms of gender, you know, inclusivity, well, what do you make of it? I mean, um, it's, um, it's a shame, and uh, it only means that we need to um, work harder. And guess what? Uh, we've even been able to achieve this because through legislation we've decided that it's only women who can vie for this position. But even when it comes to women's football, you see that about 99% of the owners of the clubs are, are male. And um, a lot of people who even work in that part of the industry are male. And so if we had even opened it up, uh, I'm sure that maybe a woman could not even have uh, come through. And so you would even realize that as part of even deepening this um, in the reforms uh, that we, we have embarked on with respect to our statutes, we're even looking at make some changes, um, bringing in the position of a second vice and letting that position be just for a woman. And so we're trying. What we need to do is that we need to perhaps be a bit more deliberate, same way that um, act of um, deliberate act is brought a woman at all costs onto the ESCO, maybe we need to do a lot more and to try and get a lot more women to contest um, um, and the, the other constituents. So you're talking about Premier, Division 1, RFA, um, the, the constituent bodies. I mean, we need to try and encourage a lot more women to get involved and also to put themselves up for elections, yes. Now, the 2023-24 Malta Guinness Women's Premier League will kick off on the weekend of October 27 uh, to 28 across the various league centres in the country. Joyce Force, Lawrence Beidou, was at a launch and came to you with this report. The launch saw the attendance of major stakeholders within the women's football ecosystem, including club presidents, CEOs, Malta Guinness Ghana representatives, as well as GFA officials and players from the 20 clubs. The league season is set for a new start 
following Ampemdakwa ladies' success on the domestic scene last campaign. Speaking at the events, newly elected executive council member of the GFA and president of Berry Ladies, Gifty Owari Mensa, says she looks forward to an exciting season with all clubs ready for action season especially with all of these new things coming up and then checking all the clubs that are in now the class the clubs are poised for victory we want to see a good league and then i think that's what we're going to do and then i'm happy that we have the least misconduct which is a big thing for all of us so tomorrow come the league on 27 to 30 i think all of us are going to have a very beautiful league she also revealed clubs are expected to receive a financial upgrade on their previous entrance money for the season. We are going into a league to see Southern Zone clubs 60,000 for the league as entrance. So last year it was a last season 2022 40,000 45,000 for Northern Zone but this for Southern and 45,000 for 60,000 for Southern and 65,000 for Northern. The Northern Zone will see a 25,000 cities increment for each club, while the Southern Zone will receive a 20,000 cities increment. Malta Guinness Ghana will be heading into the second year of their three year sponsorship deal with the GFA for the Women's Premier League. The Marketing and Innovations Director for the brand. Estela Mozitu says they look forward to improve the standards and values of the women's game and take it to another level to also help the women's national team. So, I mean, we're very excited as Malta Guinness to be here for our second year as a headline sponsor of the Malta Guinness Women's Premier League. Uh, last year, you know, we came in knowing very well that it was a strong league that we we're getting into, but what we really wanted to bring with the goodness of Malta Guinness was, you know, more awareness uh, for the fans, better experience for the players. We felt that, you know, one way for us to do that was to partner with the GFA, which is what we did. So coming into year two, we'll continue doing what we're doing, improving the experience for the players, improving the experience for the fans, driving more publicity in partnership with our partners, Max TV, who broadcast the games live, just ensuring that more Ghanaians enjoy the game. Most importantly, that we can continue the development of women's football in Ghana from the grassroots, knowing well how that feeds into the pipeline of the black queens, giving our stars and our you know, ladies better opportunities to carry on in this career. Malta Guinness, in addition, will also provide the player of the season in the upcoming campaign with a trophy aside a prize from the GFA. The new Ghana Women's Premier League season is set to start on the weekend of 27th to 30th October 2023. Well, uh, in the Ghana Premier League, uh, Kumasi Asantiko Toko have triumphed over Idiana Stars, defeating them by one goal to nil to record back-to-back -back victories in uh, the top flight league there. Well, let's head to Germany now, where Chris Harrington is stationed in Berlin for some update in the uh, Germany football there. Chris, good to have you again. But uh, you mentioned uh, in, in the international break earlier in the week that, of course, Germany will kick off their reign under Junior Nagelsmann this month. They have games against the USA and Mexico. Uh, what, what are your thoughts ahead of those games?
Well, I think it's a better situation for Julian Nagelsmann than uh, Team Germany, you know, the fan base and everything like this because he's in a good situation. He has a limited contract. I don't think there's going to be a ton of pressure on his shoulders. I mean, what is he expected to really do? He has a very short window before next summer, before the European Championship kicks off. Yeah, Germany got a bit of a boost when they defeated France right after they hired Hansi Flick 2-1. And Thomas Müller was among the goal scorers. I think Thomas Müller... And uh, Mats Hummels, uh, you know, I believe Julian Nagelsmann is interested in uh, retaining him as well. Um, I, I, th I do think that gives the team a moral boost. Um, but I, I don't know, you know, how well they'll gel, you know, in this competition. I don't know what to gauge. I mean, when you look at the major picture, the big picture, major tournaments have been a disaster. They seem to always get sidetracked, and their leadership doesn't seem to have the team on the same page in terms of how they want to play. Their, the locker room is divided. It goes on and on. And then, you know, it's interesting, uh, um, Manu, uh, uh, Manuel Noya is training back. Maybe he's back and healthy in time. He is rumored to be one of the reasons Julian Nagelsmann got fired from Bayern Munich. So there are a lot of reasons of why this is going to be, you know, it's going to be quite interesting, you know, to say the least, next summer. Um, I don't think you can get too much away from however they perform against the U.S. and Mexico. They won't be facing that kind of competition. I think it's more of a, a promotional tour than anything else. And uh, I think their real test will come match day one uh, when they start the group action in the European Championship. I think that's when the pressure will begin. And then it will be short-lived on Julian Nagelsmann. So, very interesting. Yeah, uh, very interesting. But, of course, uh, when the action resumes uh, in the Bundesliga, of course, there are no games this weekend because of the international break. But when it does resume, though, uh, what matches stand out other than Union Berlin and Stuttgart for you? Well, you know, I do think that stands out. I spoke earlier on the week. Why? Union Berlin, you want to toast the last standing club in the capital city, but... You, most importantly, their losing streak is one reason not to toast them at all. Maybe they bit off more, they, more than they can chew. They're in the Champions League, making the, their debut, still searching for that first win. It doesn't, doesn't look so good, you know, in my opinion, in that regard. Uh, but Stuttgart, this will be their opportunity to, to prove to the other league that they're serious and they're here to stay. As long as uh, uh, Girasi is healthy, I think they stand a fighting chance because the numbers don't lie. 13 goals in the matches they've played, I think, is outstanding and amazing. That's one match. Another match that uh, stands out to me is Mainz hosting Bayern Munich. The only reason that stands out to me is because Mainz defeated Bayern Munich the last time they met in the Bundesliga, so they have history on their side. And the U.S. tour could throw, you know, kind of uh, could hinder uh, Thomas Tuchel's uh, preparations plans right because there'll be so many days less than a week for the team to get ready and they'll have to hit the pitch running and then a handful of Bayern players will be committed to the German national team so it could be an opportunity for Mainz to steal some points and maybe even cause an upset I think those two matches when you look on paper stand out the most uh Chris I've got to let you go but just before I do that uh, what's the update on Alfonso Davies we know that his contract is due to expire in 2025 a Bayern Munich but he appears hesitant to extending his contract. Um, what was the situation on him at the moment?
Yeah, uh, maybe due to the coaching changes at Bayern Munich, you know, Hansi Flick, Julian Nagelsmann, Thomas Tuchel, uh, Alfonso Davis, the young Canadian sensation. It doesn't look like he wants to stay at Bayern Munich. He's at the top of the list right now for Real Madrid. Reports are they're planning a major move for him. He's only 22 years old. They call him the roadrunner because his speed is, you know, out of this world, uh, cartoonish almost. Uh, he's a threat in front of goal as well. You know, I think a lot of clubs, you know, are interested in, in him. And uh, last time I checked, Bayern Munich and him weren't on the same page in terms of his contract extension. He's under contract until 2025. It's like this everywhere with these young, talented players. The club doesn't want to lose this player for nothing. So other clubs are are, are coming around. The last club to uh, seemingly peak interest in him is Manchester City. You know, uh, but when you look at, you know, one former Bundesliga player and the reception he's received, you can look at Jude Bellingham and Real Madrid. I mean, it's really amazing uh, how he wasn't really held in that much of a high regard. I think while in Dortmund colors and you look at him now, a bigger stage, a bigger spotlight, this could be a similar situation for an Alfonso Davis where, you know, I mean, everyone is in the Harry Kane shadow right now. And I don't know if a young and upcoming talent likes or appreciates that. Well, his move in the future will tell everything, but he hasn't signed an extension yet, and I do expect him to depart. The question is where? Maybe sunny Spain. Maybe sunny Spain. We wait to see if he does end up at Real Madrid and join Jude Bellingham there uh, to make a name for themselves there. Well, that's all we have for you in private sports tonight with me, Razak Musbao. And uh, do have a lovely evening, but we have more stories on myjoeonline.com. Please do head there. Sports segments was brought to you by Mendek DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.